The job. The stress. We are, there is an active shooter working at Douglas. Multiple gunshots are being fired. Politics. Politics. Pressure. Pressure. Get out of here. We got a guy with a long rifle. We don't know where the hell he's at. Fear. Survival. Control 765, I need the radio for a minute. Be advised, we are taking fire from a very high floor. We believe it's possibly coming from the Mandalay Bay. And we get it. And we have to do better. The truth behind the badge. Presented by the Team South Florida Law Enforcement Charity. Topic number one. Are our kids being brainwashed? And I want to touch on that for the first segment, just with what's going on in the schools today, what they're hearing, what they're seeing, what they're learning. Second segment's going to be, are law enforcement officers racist? I shouldn't even have to ask this question, but I'm just going to put it straight up, direct, point just like that, and we'll talk about it. I want to preface this by saying most people know that our charity, we've got multiple contributors to the different platforms. I'm the one hosting this one tonight, but nobody participating, none of their views represent any agencies, organizations, or anything like that. With that said, I had somebody that was, I had a couple people actually that were pretty much anti-law enforcement that said they would be up for the conversation. One kind of went silent. I haven't heard from him. I don't know what happened. He was good up till today. Two people ended up having to back out, so... We put the invitation there. For people that pop on now, if you have something to say, if you want to say, feel free to ask some questions. We welcome them. So I'll try to add JR real quick one more time. I don't know what's going on with his. Do uh, you guys want to just very, very, very briefly introduce yourself before we get started on the first topic? Go ahead. Go ahead, C. I'm sorry. Uh, Cornell Richards, referred to after this point as Cornell, CC or C. Um, been a police officer for 14, 15 years here in North Carolina. Father of three, married, and happy to be with you guys tonight. Nice to meet you. Um, my name is Lilith, Teachers for Trump. I expose, try to expose everything that's going on in all 50 states. And yes, your children are being brainwashed. All right, so right there, I don't want to focus too much on politics. I don't want to focus on COVID and the mass stuff. I want to focus strictly on law enforcement and race relations and racism and all that stuff. So let me give you just an open question, open-ended question, and go ahead and give it to us because you're the most qualified to answer this from a school perspective, from a teacher perspective. Are our kids being brainwashed? Yeah, your kids have been getting brainwashed for decades, but it took an entire pandemic for parents to realize that the school system never cared about you, let alone your kids. Um, it took an entire pandemic for parents to start to listen in on what's going on in the schools and what they're teaching their kids. Um, and if today, as of April 2021, if you're a parent and you still don't know what's going on in your, school's in your child's school, I don't know where the hell you've been or what you've been doing. Somebody wrote, I think brainwashed is a pretty strong word. Influence would probably be a bit more accurate. Can you speak to that as far as, and granted, not all schools are the same, but 
some of the stuff we've seen in the news as far as portraying law enforcement in a bad light or implicit bias and implicit racism. If brainwashed is too strong of a word and the word that they're looking for is influenced, um, they're brainwashed themselves because the schools are teaching a one-sided um, story to everything. When George Floyd happened last year, all the schools in the entire country started sending out statements saying, you know, we stand with, with racial injustice and systematic racism and oppression, and we need to check our microaggressions, and police officers are hunting down black people, okay? School systems across the country, including my, my district, were sending garbage nonsense like that. They weren't sending anything about, um, you know, businesses being looted, burnt, you know, uh, single, uh, single black families who have small businesses who are, who are suffering from this. They didn't say anything about that. They haven't mentioned anything about anything else, but when it has to do with a specific um, narrative, that's when the schools come in. And if they don't, if they're not brainwashing, why is it that teachers can have a uh, BLM flag in the classroom, but having an American flag is is controversial? Why is it that teachers can have a BLM and a rainbow flag in the classroom, but I can't have a thin blue line? And the kids in the football team get suspended for. Uh, uh, going on to the football team before a game with a thin blue line flag. Tell me how that's not being brainwashed. So Cornell, as, as a parent, let me ask you this. Do you think any of this even belongs in the school? Should we even be talking about law enforcement and these incidents that take place and racism and all that? Or maybe we should just keep it out of it. You know, I, I saw a quote somewhere, I think it was from an educator that said, children should be taught how to think and not what to think. Uh, and I genuinely believe that, um, as far as the concern of kids being indoctrinated, as someone used the term there, I've got two little kids, school age. It's a legitimate concern for mine. Because of that very reason, my kids are in private school. Just I can have an understanding of the culture and, and, and what they're being exposed to. Um, as far as whether or not there's a place for the conversation, uh, as a broad response, I would say I think it is because it's it's what's happening. It's a reality in our world, right? These incidents with law enforcement, incidents, race relations, it's a very part of reality. So, I mean, they spend more time in school than they do anywhere else. So I definitely think it's an opportunity for them to have those conversations. Um, but yeah, as far as telling them what to think, I think that's an inappropriate thing for uh, public schools to be teaching. I'm glad you said that. It's not my job to teach anybody how to think. It's my job to teach them to think. Just use your brain and come up with your own, you know, come up with your own... Um, uh, I don't know, whatever, as long as you can back it up with facts, but I'm not going to tell you how to think. Sure. And let me, let me throw something out just as a, a shout out. You see, you pinned a message from uh, Trey Denard there. Uh, that's Tracy Drinker. He's a recent retired police officer. He worked with us in, in North Carolina as well as New York city. He ended up doing my background investigation when I joined the police department. But my first encounter with him was when I was in high school, he would work in my high school off duty. So my first, my, my dad's a retired police officer, but my first, Outside of my father, the first police officer that I ever watched interact with kids, it was like, yo, I want to be that guy with Tracy Drinker, man. So I'm happy to see him here, and hopefully he'll get a chance to add some value to the conversation. And we can add him to this if he wants, but can you answer what he put up there? He said not so much cops are racist as much as they don't visit the areas they patrol to understand or view the families in the areas they patrol. I would respectfully disagree with that, but what do you got for that? No, I definitely understand that point of view, man. I, I, live, I live where I work. My kids go to school while I work. I'm from where I work. Um, 
like where I work is home for me, right? So when I go to work on patrol, I got a radio on and a uniform. Other than that, nothing changes. I see the same people. I go to the same grocery stores. I go to the same banks. I'm in the same community. Uh, up until recently, I actually was a, my house was in my patrol beat, right? So when I come to work, I'm at home. These are my neighbors. Um, a lot of officers in this area where I live, uh, they're not from here. And their perspective when they're out in the community is different than mine because this is my community. This is home for me. Um, I remember one morning we were loading up and a young officer that I work with who's from a neighboring like suburb was like, let's get ready to deploy to, deploy to the battlefield. And my thought was like, I'm going to run by the house and get the grocery list. And I'm going to swing by Walmart real quick because I'm at home. And I know he didn't mean anything derogatory by that. But I think the paradigm is different when you have officers patrolling communities that are not their own. Somebody, somebody put out a lot of private schools are adopting this critical race theory as well. Starting to think no safe place for our children. Can you touch on that? Yeah, your your kids. I hate to break it to you, but just because you're paying for your child to go to a school K to twelve school, your child is not invincible. Like they're not, um, they're not invincible to this. Your your child is not necessarily in a safe space because they're in a Christian school or a Catholic school. Um, several several private Christian schools in the country. Uh, one especially, I think, in Ohio. They've been getting rid of gendered language. You can't say mother. You can't say father. Um, this is a private school. And a uh, high school math teacher from a New York City private school who was on the news uh, just a couple of weeks ago, he was fired for exposing critical race theory at the private school. So, yeah, it's, it's at the private schools, too. It's everywhere. I, I'm not saying that your specific school you know, is doing X, Y, and Z. But if, if the brainwashing indoctrination hasn't come to your school just yet, you must either be living on another planet or you just haven't been paying attention because it's everywhere. Somebody typed up, as a teacher, I was told that my indigenous children were not capable of learning. I had to lower expectations. I invited officers into the classroom and was told it was inappropriate. Why, why would that be? Why would an administrator not want officers in a classroom being able to interact with the youth? I don't Our know. kids I... love school, school resource officers. I want to say this to any police officer that's watching and you, sir, thank you for your service. Our kids love school resource officers. They dress up as police officers for Halloween. I mean, hmm. they, they like police officers. They like, the, they like the interaction that they get from you all because you're a different you know human being you're a different type you you bring in a different type of uh bond and relationship with them so but um being told that your indigenous children aren't capable of learning that in and of itself is racist <laughs> right and you, you know i saw something on tv the other day nickelodeon was talking about racism when i grew up I was watching cartoons and I was watching Nicola. I don't know. I think racism was on anything I watched when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Be careful what your kids are watching and be careful what your kids are doing on their phones. These apps like Roblox and uh, what's that other stupid game all the kids like with the stupid dances? I forget oh. what it's called. Fortnite. 
Um, you know, just, <laughs> just be careful because there's subliminal messages and everything. And I want parents to understand it's really not difficult to get this information. Schools are not hiding this from you. Schools are not hiding their agenda from you. It's right in front of your face. You just have to listen and you have to just open your eyes. And what you decide to do with that information is up to you. It's up to you how far you're willing to fight for your kids. So two things real quick. Somebody said public or private, the responsibility of teaching your children to think independently happens at home. I could not agree more with that. I think everything starts at home. And man, I'm pinning this one because this one really bothers me. Hey, while you're pinning that, right, I want to respond to that. I think I don't know if that was in response to what I said or just a generic statement. But I think it's also important to realize that your kids spend more waking hours at school than they do at home, right? So you can you can teach character and instill everything you want to instill, but if they're going to be there 40 hours, what's happening in that building is certainly going to be a pretty strong influence. So that's all I got. I agree want, with you. Not to put you on the spot, but do you want to touch on what we spoke about recently with uh, what one of your children asked you about when they call the police? Um, or if you want to, no, I don't mind sharing. I don't know. We can get, We can circle back to it. I think it would probably be more appropriate in a bit. Sure. Right. Somebody else wrote, the school I patrol during release has a few groups that love talking to me. One of the teachers asked that I don't step onto the property because they felt it was threatening. Like this. this is real. I mean, I've never experienced this when I worked on patrol. I've, fortunately, I've only had positive experiences with every single teacher at every single school I've been to. Administration's another story, but... I, it's that's tough. Cornell, what would you say to that guy, that officer, where he's being told not to come on the property because they feel it's threatening? So not to come on the property. I think that's a bit extreme. But I've worked a lot of overtime in the schools. Um, I'm the off-duty coordinator scheduling at one of the high schools here. And I would say overall, we've got really healthy relationships with our administrators, uh, as well as the staff there. Great relationship, relationships with the kids. But I have certainly been in schools where they're asking, like, don't walk through the hallways during class hours because it's distracting or it can make some kids feel uncomfortable. Um, so, no, I, I can definitely see that taking place at, in some places. Somebody asked what and I can't answer this. Somebody said, what is a school's agenda? It's kind of a vague question, but go ahead. Oh, oh I, I can tell you the school's agenda is <laughs> you're laughing at me. Um, you fired up. The school's agenda is to manipulate and groom your children to the point where they cannot think for themselves to make it easier for the government to control them. Don't, I'm not going to, I'm that I'm just telling you straight up as it is, you can take it or leave it for decades. They have been brainwashing and grooming your children and dumbing them down. The most recent example I can give y'all is the state of Virginia where I live and teach. Um, the Virginia Department of Education just came out saying that they are going to get rid of accelerated math courses uh, uh, for racial equality. So they want all the kids to be equal, but equally stupid. And part of the accelerated math prior to 11th grade, they talked about algebra one and geometry. How is that accelerated math? I took algebra one in like sixth or seventh grade. So they want to make your kids as dumb as humanly possible so that when they get older, they can't think for themselves and the government can just do whatever whatever they want your kids to do. They won't be able to fend for themselves. They'll just be complicit and compliant. 
That's the goal of the school. Short answer, 30 seconds or less. Somebody said it seems homeschool is the only way to go. Yes. Okay, that was very short point. <laughs> uh, because they are brainwashing our children, they are our most vulnerable, so they will mold them instead of the parents. Now they want to teach our children about hormone blockers, and it got cut off, CRT. Oh, yeah, critical. Critical, CRT is critical race theory. And with the hormone stuff, um, uh, parents, you got to be very vigilant about this information. Sex ed is what you need to look into. Uh, the sex ed curriculum at the schools are not only teaching kids that their genders change every year and every day, that um, they're teaching cross-dressing, they're teaching kids, and I, I really hope there's not like underage people on here, um, but they're teaching kids how to use uh, equipment around their house as sex toys. Um, they're teaching kids how to buy hormone blockers, you know, without their parents knowing. I, I, I could go on. I just, yeah. Uh, KJJ Mia. Put in a request. I see you want to go live. We welcome everybody. Come on. Hey, did you get a request from at Just the Lawn? That's my man I was telling you about before we jumped on. I, I would like to hear his voice on this particular topic if you get a chance. All right. If I get a name or he puts in a request, I'll try to add him. Uh, oh, and I'm sorry. But, um, also, you're good. They also teach pedof they, they teach the normalization of pedophilia and the normalization of incest. Yeah, your kids. I'm sorry. This generation of kids are screwed. That's all I can say. <laughs> Officer should supersede teacher, correct? This is what happened last time. I'm sorry we get in the weeds with the comments. I try to go through them as much as I can. It's sad when they are also teaching our kids with mental disabilities to fear cops, make them feel even more uncomfortable when they can't control themselves at times. My brother worked in the schools too. I speak to my middle schooler weekly about critical race theory and why it is a division and a false narrative. Yeah, the best thing that parents can do, the first thing is to just, God dang it, pay the freak attention, right? These are your kids. Like, I don't understand. I, I really don't understand at, at this day and age how you don't know what's going on in your child's school. Get off your damn phones. Stop complaining online. Stop complaining in my DMs and pay attention to what your kid is going through all day in school, okay? Because I can't fight for all your kids. These are your kids. They're not my kids. They are my kids because they're the future of this country, but they're your kids because you brought them into this world. So stop complaining. Get off of Facebook. Pay attention to what's happening, all right? If you have some beef with the school, take it up with the school. Be the man that you are. Be the woman that you are and take it up with the school. Talk to school principal. Uh, talk to the administration. Talk to school board. Talk to city councilmen. Talk to people that you voted in office to represent you and your kids in your school. Talk to those people. Get your voices heard. You don't like what's going on? Pull your kids out. Uh, about five more minutes on this topic. Can you answer the pin question? It says, my son wants an example as to why Roblox is racist. I don't even know what Roblox is. What do you mean why Roblox is racist? I have no idea what that means. Okay. Uh, let's see. I try to add your guy. Somebody Roblox takes all my money, so they can't be racist. Just be, just be careful because the, the, I'm just saying, like, the underlying messages and stuff in Roblox. Oh, Roblox is it? I don't know if Roblox is racist, but Roblox um, have the whole sex ed thing going on. They have rooms in Roblox. I don't, I don't play Roblox, but apparently there are rooms in Roblox where you can, like, go into different rooms and play, whatever. And they, I, I S-H-I-T you not. There were naked kids on top of each other. Why? Why? And I can't tell you what they were doing because I'll let you figure that out on your own. So, yeah. 
Somebody said racial equality is essentially saying that ethnic kids are more stupid and can't do accelerated math. Somebody, go ahead. Yes, yes. So basically they want to, so it, like, let's say you're really good at math, right? That now they're saying math is racist. Let's say you're good at math and you're on this level, right? Uh, if you are so totally incapable of, of doing two plus two, they are now lowering the standards of those kids to match the kids who can't do two plus two. And that's what I meant when I said earlier, they want to make all the kids equal. They want to make them equally stupid. So it's too bad that you can't, you know, it's too bad that you're at pre-calc and in your hauling ass, your ninth, 10th grade year, we're going to bring you down here so the stupid kids don't feel bad. I don't know what's going on. I try to add you, uh, KJJ. It's not going through. Um, getting a bunch of stuff on the sex ed. Geez, girl, would you be able to say something when you see this around the school? I would venture to say teachers that speak out are probably in the same spot that of police officers that speak out. Sometimes it's challenging. But my thing is, is like, people say when I spoke out against critical race theory, everyone was like, oh, we need more. We need more people like you. Why can't that be you? I didn't do anything. No, one, none of us are doing anything special by speaking out. If the teachers speak out and the parents speak out and the students speak out and we work together as a team, we won't be having this. We won't be having a situation. Everyone is too damn scared to speak up for their own kids. I don't understand. Are you too scared to speak up for your voiceless children? You should be scared that your kid is going to be rooting for socialism by the time they're in seventh grade. Pick your battles. Is there a decent teacher that can help identify what that is? What is? What, what is? Oh, what that is equitable. I don't know. That was probably from before, I guess. Bunch I don't know what that means. Right. I'm a public school teacher of 38 years retiring this year. I've had it. Our libraries in our district are getting rid of many nonfiction books and replacing with this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yep, getting rid of Dr. Seuss, getting rid of To Kill a Mockingbird, getting rid of The Crucible. Yeah, they're getting rid of uh, some classic stuff so that they can read Ibrahim uh, Kendi's books about racism and how to be an anti-racist baby. Yeah, uh, sold at Target for like $15, but capitalism sucks. They clarified, they were talking about, is there a decent teacher that can help identify what that is, what is, and how do we know what that is? Equitable math. That's what they were talking about. I have some children stunned, shunned for ha having outspoken parents. All right, we'll move on. I try to add, for some reason it's not going through, but let's wrap up the education side of the house. I'll give both of you, say, a minute or so. Um, specifically for the teacher side, you have to say to parents a message you want parents to hear to know me yes okay it's very simple i'll break it down for you pay attention okay if your kids are still learning from home you have the comfort of the of your kitchen counter to listen to what your kids what, what your kids are being taught at your house if you don't know what's going on uh go into your kid's laptop go in to see what apps are on go go and see what their syllabus or information their curriculum that they're learning it's really not hard walk into your child's bedroom all the information is there the second thing that you can do is form an alliance with local pissed off parents i don't care what what how your city is politically there are parents that are pissed off form an alliance with them go to board meetings as a group 
uh, call your senators, call, you know, go to the school board, form, form, form an alliance. And then that way you guys can all, you know, band your ideas together and you're, you know, now more powerful group because there's more than one person. But the best thing that you can do is expose this information to people that don't know because Loudoun County here in Virginia, Loudoun County Public Schools alone has been on national news for like the last, I don't know, three, four months. All because of parents banding together and exposing what's going on. So you all can do the same. Have you heard anything affecting the little ones in daycare age? Yes, they're teaching your, yes, Ibrahim uh, Kendi's books. Those books are for kids as little as three, four, five years old. Uh, the other thing that parents should look into is the gay ABCs. They're teaching the ABCs uh, A for uh, I forget what the A stands for. Bi was bisexual. Cis is for cisgender. Uh, D is for I forget. Q is oh D is for drag. Um, so yeah, that's happening as as young as three years old. All right, Cornell. Anything last minute on education? Anything last minute on education for you? I blanked out for a second. What'd you say? I'm sorry. Third time. Anything okay, like no, no, no. So everything she said, just far as being active, being proactive, being involved, I, I second all that. Uh, the only two-second thing I'd add is just talking to your kids, right? Um, we know what we teach them at home. We want to believe we know what's going on in school, but talking to them is important. I think you'd be surprised when you start asking questions. I love that. All right, sounds good. I definitely appreciate your time. Cornell, stay here. Um, you could obviously stay as well if you want. If you have to go, you have to go. I'm having issues adding people to live. I don't know what's going on with it. Hold on. Let's see. Did that happen? Oh, man. We are screwed. We live in California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Holy the book is called you. A is for Activist. Um, a is for Activist is the book. And uh, Steve, thank you. A is for Asexual. So that whole book of the ABCs is all centered around the sexual stuff. All right, let's move on to the other topic. Sorry, I don't know what's going on with the uh, the live and adding people. So, Cornell, I'm going to just pose this very, very direct question to you. Are law enforcement officers racist? You said, are they? Are they? In my years of service, I have never seen any overt racism. I've worked with white officers, Hispanic, Asian. I have never personally seen anything that I would say that's racist. Um kind of going back to the one of the initial conversations we were having about how you view and understand people from different environments and different cultures. I definitely think there's opportunity for us to collectively grow and improve and just be kind of, you know, raise awareness to our latent biases. I believe that it's hu every human being walking the earth based on their background, life's experience has biases. And if we're aware of them, we can police them. Um, I think that's a greater issue than just racism. Racism to me, and this is not a scholarly response, but racism to me is a deep-seated hatred for a person based on their race. And I have not personally seen that in law enforcement. Bias, yes. Racism, no. I haven't seen it. I'm sure it exists, but I have not personally seen it. Right. And we can we could admit that there's good cops and bad cops, and we touched on that anyway. Uh, for those that are, I see some of the comments going by, reference the education topic. We'll save this to IGTV. We're going to touch on something else for about 25 minutes, and then we'll be done for tonight. We're not going to do a three-hour thing like we did the other day. We all need some sleep this time. But if you have questions, feel free to throw them out there. We'll try to answer them as best as we can. 
this topic was supposed to be this this segment is going to be focused on just racism and stuff and i'm gonna just explain one of the conversations we've had so we've been getting inundated with direct messages comments on our different social media platforms had a lot of haters just a lot of people that are completely ignorant and don't want to even listen however we have had some good dialogue where people ask legitimate questions and do want to listen and one of the people that i was hoping was going to join us was very very it seemed anti-law enforcement he put up some pretty bad comments in my opinion again we seem to we seem to rush right away to judge police officers regardless of one's training or experience so you've never went to a police academy you've never completed a ride along even you've never put on a vest you've never worn a duty belt yet for some reason we have a lot of people that seem like they can just say hey that cop was wrong that cop did this wrong that cop did that wrong i don't know where we we got into this mindset in this country but that's what we have right now so we opened it up i invited that gentleman on he he got blasted in some of the comments to his credit out of respect to him he didn't delete his comment he defended himself he just it didn't go so well for whatever reason i don't know if he got shy or he's having internet problems as well but he didn't join us so cornell let me put one of the most frequent questions that we've been asked to you so i don't have to do it again why if you are a police officer and you show up and somebody's got a knife and they're threatening somebody else why can't you just tase that person or why can't you shoot the knife out of their hand or why can't you just shoot them in the foot sure you know rich obviously america has had this conversation for the last week um and i think that if that were a valuable not valuable viable option to shoot a knife out of somebody's hand, shoot them in the knee, and we knew that it was going to be effective. Uh, if there were a 100% effective, less lethal weapon available to us, I think every police officer in America would do that, right? I'd shoot the knife out of the hand if I was skilled enough to shoot a two-inch knife out of somebody's hand. So I believe that every police officer that I know wish they had that option. And if we wish we had that option, we have to remember that a lay person who doesn't understand marksmanship, that doesn't understand ballistics, would have that desire of us. They're not idiots. They're not stupid. They want to. They don't want to see people die, and we don't want to kill people. So I think it's a, a very real thing, a very reasonable thing for them to assume. So to answer your question, why don't we? Uh, a bullet is super teeny, super tiny. You've got adrenaline pumping. You got fight or flight is in full effect. Uh, your micro motor skills are diminished. That officer who was put in a lose-lose situation in Ohio last week performed exceptionally putting rounds in a, a, a fully grown size uh, woman. A lot of officers can't put rounds in center mass on a man my size. A lot of trained shooters can't do that. So when seconds matter, you're aiming at the biggest, most effective target, not taking some high-speed sniper shot. You know, people see snipers take shots from a 1,000 miles away, but they're under concealment. They've been setting up for this shot. There, you know, there's no bullets coming back at them. Uh, a police officer jumping out of a car and in seconds being presented with a, a life-threatening situation does not have the tools or the skill set to take such a shot. So when seconds matter, uh, 
you, you do the most effective thing that we have available to us to terminate that threat. And unfortunately, that's the deployment of daily force. Jump these three in. I'm just going to hit all three and then just loop, it in, loop them all in with an answer. If you shot her hand, it would have hit the girl on the pink in the head next. If you were at the point where you need to pull out a gun, just shooting in the foot is not an option. The threat is beyond temporarily neutralizing a threat. We don't go to work with the intention on killing people. Go ahead. Anything you want to say on any of that? I mean, I, I agree with it all. The reality is if, if you have to deploy deadly force, if you understand marksmanship and ballistics, you know, a person can get shot in the shoulder and continue on their attack. A person can get shot in the leg and continue to run. A person can get shot in the leg, hit a femoral artery and die very fast. So if you understand that these 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 lucky trick shots that only Hollywood actors can pretend to make, uh, if you want to believe that those work, that's why you don't understand why officers are not doing that. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. No, you're good. In most of these situations, they are so fast and fluid, the mind doesn't sure. even process the race. Sure. Very few people have ever experienced the adrenaline and stress of an officer. I'm going to add to that, a lot of people get pulled over and they immediately believe that they're getting pulled over because of their race or some some sort of targeting. A lot of the times I've made traffic stops, specifically when I used to work night shift, I don't even know how many people are in the car, let alone who I'm pulling over, the race of the people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, somebody said a couple people really comp complimented your answer. Hey, Rich, I saw something I want to speak on, right? It looks like Nina Waddendale says you don't shoot to stop, you shoot to kill. That's the number one rule, right? And a lot of people are having that conversation, like are police shooting to stop the threat? Are they shooting to wound? Are they shooting to kill? When an officer takes the shot, in a situation that warrants deadly force, the goal is not the killing. The goal is terminating the threat. And when you deploy deadly force, terminating the threat is the most effective way of preventing that serious injury or death to another person. And she's absolutely right in her comment. I just, you know, I think the, the connotation is, is a bit off. Somebody said excellent explanation in the situation you shoot for the largest part of the body two and then it got cut off it looks to ensure accuracy I, I feel like we're beating a dead horse i feel like a lot of people get it i just i don't understand where the mix-up is or I, I think better yet a lot of people don't want to understand it or don't want to hear some of the reality uh nina no worries he he clarified it you're good on that uh steve or somebody i saw asked about a ride-along so a lot of agencies have different policies for ride-alongs for liability reasons. A lot of them got rid of them or only allow them for people in the hiring process. However, ask. Go to your sheriff's office. Go to your police department. Ask. That is one of the most beneficial things for a member of the public to do is see what we do. Hey, what let me throw this out here, Rich. Uh, I also just share a personal experience. Um, I was involved in a shooting uh, where I was shot at and returned fire. The suspect was shot a total of four times. He didn't die. He was shot four times, collarbone, and I think like twice in the arm and once in the leg. And, that, and it didn't stop him. So if he was committed, truly committed to killing me that day, none of those rounds that didn't strike a vital organ could have still been rendered effective. And I, so if we can put that in perspective, when deadly force is presented, 
deadly force has to be matched with deadly force because that's the only sure thing that we have available to us as of right now. How young can you be to go on a ride along? So for, for that question, I would say, I don't know of any agency that allows it for people under 18. However, most agencies have Explorer programs, which are phenomenal. And it gives you a unique perspective and it's great for our youth, our juveniles. Uh, somebody said, media is the problem. I could not agree more. We have, as an organization, literally been contacted from various media privately. And a lot of the reporters, a lot of the news anchors, a lot of the people we speak with, they don't have a problem sharing things on their personal pages, but they're not allowed to share things on the news station pages or their, or their professional pages. There's agendas, and that's, that's bottom line. Media is not talking about how many times a taser stops somebody. Nina, that's a good point. And I also want to point out for people that think tasers like end-all, be-all, I've probably used the taser close to 10 times in my career. 50% of the time it worked. The other 50%, luckily, I was able to react and do something else. Yeah. And, Rich, when you say it worked, um, throw out an example of what that means. When it worked, what was the situation? Did it stop somebody from shooting someone or did it stop someone from fighting something? What, what, what did it work mean? So I'll give one example was somebody that was very, very irate, appeared to be mentally unstable. The call came out as a residential burglary. It was night shift. We showed up. We arrived at the residence and it was very dark and we heard noise coming from the backyard. So as we approached out of nowhere, this gentleman came running towards us from right behind the, uh, the fence. And we didn't know what he was doing. We thought he was breaking into the house. The details of the call sounded a lot worse than they ended up being. I forgot if he was high or drunk. I think he was under the influence of narcotics and we tased him. As soon as we tased him, there was a connection with the two probes that struck the gentleman. He went down to the ground. We maintained the taser on him. His, his muscles locked up. We were able to safely take him into custody, place him in handcuffs, took the probes out, got medical. They cleared him. They made sure he was good. And we were able to safely defuse the situation. So to my point, right, when we say we deployed a taser and the taser was effective, it's a different goal. Typically, when an officer results to daily force, the goal is to stop someone from killing someone, right? Right. I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find many examples where a taser was an alternative to stopping someone from using daily force when it was immediately present. Um, you know, like I said, a fight, a foot chase, somebody standing still with a, a knife is a scenario. But yeah, I, I don't, I've never personally heard of a story where death was a second away and somebody successfully deployed a taser. Well, I can tell you, we just shared a video on our page not long ago, and it resulted in an officer getting stabbed below the vest in her stomach because they tased the guy that was armed with a large, large knife. Sure. This is a good comment. Matching deadly force with deadly force is the law and permissible for the general public. It's an actual jury instruction. Asking cops to do less is ludicrous. I wish people knew the law. So this goes back to doing the research and doing your homework. I, I think we're too reliant on media and the news. Somebody said shoot off warning shots. Yeah, we've seen a couple of kind of kind of saying that. And that's what, what bothers us. Some, some of our comments we got, we said, why do we share these, these views? They're outrageous. We used to not share them. But some of these people, you know, like folks on The View, for example, folks on certain news networks, they've got these large platforms. If we don't start answering and showing how ridiculous some of them are, such as 
Why don't they fire warning shots to distract the person that's armed with a knife and then go ahead and maybe my partner will come up and tackle that person. I mean, if we don't start answering this, I'm afraid that some of the general public, some of the people that follow these these people think that it's legit and it makes sense. It, it's ludicrous to me. Sure. Would an officer really call a supervisor on a foot chase? That's it's kind of a vague question. If you're in a foot chase, no, they they're talking about. I, I don't know if it was city council, but, but that's that's on the table in Chicago. I read that the other day that Chicago is saying that they need to radio and get permission before engaging in a foot chase. Which I'll that's address. Uh, that, that's pretty ridiculous because if you engage in a foot chase immediately. Uh, it's kind of hard to catch you guys. So if you give them a 45-second head start, you might as well just go ahead and start writing that report. <laughs> Nina, good point. Is police showing up? Not a warning enough. Yeah, I, I would say so. Officer presence, basically a first, first response right there. It should be, but there's no for officer. More dangerous. Fire warning shot. I love to I love to entertain some of the haters. I've got some nasty I've got to block a couple people. Opportunity that we get the negativity. I'm all here to entertain that. Where's the other person that you were talking about? Are they still in here? At just the lawn. I think I tried. I'll try again. See if there's any comments while I'm trying to do this. I saw one a little further up that you skipped over. But listen, uh, you got several early on talking about LeBron, right? So while you're looking for just the lawn, I'd like to offer an interesting perspective that I think I have on it. I think that LeBron was completely out of line to make that post. Um, I think anybody that rushed to judge was out of line. What I challenge everybody, right, even my brother Rich here, when we have some offline dialogues, is to suspend your own views, feelings, and beliefs, and attempt to understand the perspective of the other side, right? And so, you know, everybody wants to throw LeBron under the bus. He's an idiot. He's stupid. Just shut up and dribble, whatever the case may be. I think that right now, America is hurting both sides of the argument, right? Police officers who want to go out and do their job and do it well um, are hurting. Members of these affected communities and populations are hurting. And they're being fed a lot of information. And depending on how you unpack that or process it or interpret it, you're being, you know, like we talked about with the young lady a little while ago, a lot of people are being told not what, how to think, but what to think. And what's flooding social media and the media is that police officers are gunning down black people. So when a black person who cares about their community hears that another black person has been gunned down, it can trigger a very strong emotional response. And I believe that LeBron, despite the fact he's a billionaire, superstar athlete, he's a human. He had an emotional response to something he heard and irresponsibly made a, a post. But I don't think that means, um, you know, you throw the man out with the bathwater. And I know most of my, my brothers in blue would disagree with that. I've been a part of those those conversations the last couple of days. Also, I think that police officers need Don't to understand that people can be anti-police you know, you can be anti, I'm sorry, scratch that. You can be anti-police brutality. You can be pro-black. And that doesn't mean I don't like the police. And I think that that's something that my brethren need to stretch their brains to kind of accept to a certain extent.
Hey, let me touch on something real quick. So, welcome. I know you disagree with me, man. So go ahead and give it to me. No, I want to show. What's the, up, bro? What's up, brother? I want to show the people that are viewing what we just saw. Look on Jr.'s chest right there. That's the human side of this profession that people don't get, don't see, don't understand. We're mothers, we're fathers, we're brothers, we're sisters, aunts, uncles. This is what the media doesn't show right there. So that man goes and straps on a uniform. He leaves that right there, which you see on his chest. He leaves that to go and protect hundreds of thousands of people that are ungrateful, unappreciative, day in and day out. Comes home to that. All we want to do, all our goal is, is to come home to that. Uh, we only have about 10 minutes, so Jer, I'm going to give you the floor for a few minutes, let you catch up a little bit. Go ahead, have at yeah, it. What man. You I've, been, I've been trying to get in this, man. It's, sorry. Um, I'm sorry I couldn't get in, guys, man, but yeah, it's it's, it's crucial, man. I, I, I just got back from the beach, um, and I, I made a post earlier, man. I was talking about, um, I asked my daughters, because um, we don't talk about police. It's just not, it's not a conversation that we, we need to have. I mean, they're really extremely young um, and very innocent, so it's not a, a conversation to have, but I just thought that uh, while we were on the way to the beach, I asked him a question, and I asked both of them, really, but I asked my six-year-old. I said, hey, you know, what are your thoughts on the police? You know, what, what do policemen do? And she said, you know, police, they help people. You know, that's what they do. They help people, and, of course, every they go get the bad guys. You know, that's that's the most common thing with kids. You know, they think, you know, they, they go back to that whole cops and robbers series. But um, even at her age, she kind of understands the concept of what law enforcement is here for, to help people, to go get bad people the criminals and not everybody's bad we know that but just from a, a basic standpoint um and i asked her a, a very very important question i said why are you afraid of the police and she said no why would i be afraid of police police are my friends they helped you when you got shot and they called the bad guys so and again my kids are not on social media they don't have tiktok they don't have instagram they don't have facebook they don't have none of this bs they don't watch the news um so you know where where, where are they being taught that from they're being taught that um, in, our, in the schools and in, in the media, they're being taught it from these progressive, you know, city councilmen and, and and other, in my opinion, progressive leaders. You know, and that's that's how it's affected. These these kids, my kids love the police. One because obviously I am one, um, so they get to see who who a policeman is through who their father is, um, and they don't know any better. You know what I mean? So I, I saw a post, Rich. You get you uh, you sent that that photo over from the U.S. representative. I don't even want to mention what her freaking name is, but there her daughter is. It's wearing a necklace that says F the police and BLM. I mean, so we know where she's being led. We know what type of parent, you know, and what type of fear she's putting in her daughter by just allowing her to wear that crap. So, I mean, that is poisonous, man. It's poisonous, bro. Couldn't agree more. Down here in Florida, I'm 19. Everyone my age is super anti-law enforcement. I do not even mention that I'm going to be an officer. Climate's bad. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Hey, so let me let me speak on that while you get your thoughts together. I was I just text Jose to inbox me, but to that point, uh, my former chief of police once said that when you're out in the community, Jr., you tell me if it's different, rich, same traffic. When I'm out in the community, when I'm in, I work predominantly in an impoverished community. Uh, when you're out in the the hood, as you would say, uh, a lot of that rhetoric. Now, granted, I haven't been on the street in the past year when things got really crazy. But a lot of that rhetoric that we've been hearing for the past better part of the decade, you don't feel that in the affected communities. Most of those people that we hear pushing this are in front of a camera or behind a podium. Right. Beyond that, 
when you're out there in the community, you'll develop a reputation. And your reputation, obviously, when you step out of a car, you got on a uniform. So there's a, a bias, whether it be good or bad, that's attached to the uniform. But as you do the job and you establish your individual reput reputation in your community, people know you for who you are. Even if they hate the police and they got on a F the police T-shirt when you got out of the car, they're going to give you what you give them, right? For the most part. There's always right. outliers. But for the most part, you give respect, you're going to get it. You show love, you're going to get it. Um, I don't I don't endorse this whatsoever. But up until very recently, I didn't even carry a gun when I wasn't at work. Uh, and the only reason I do carry a gun when I'm not at work is not because I'm a police officer. Or I've got any concern about, you know, retaliation because I've never treated people badly. I've made over 430 arrests last time I checked. I've never got a single citizen complaint from someone I've arrested. I've punched people, slammed people, shot a man, tased a bunch of people, never got a citizen complaint because if you treat people with respect, they're going to give it back to you. 100%. So be encouraged, Jose. If it's in your heart to serve and you want to do it for the right reasons, go out there and treat people with dignity and respect and you'll get the same thing back. I couldn't agree more. So what I'm about to say might be unpopular for some, but this comment here, community policing is important. Working with the schools is vital. And presence is the new way to show the human side. I get it. I get it. Somebody asked how we fight the media. Honestly, turn the media off. Turn it off, man. I, I turned off the longer watch the news, and I'm actually more at peace and more happy, uh, happier, I should say, all that. But I want to touch on, at some point, everybody else step up to the plate. We can't do everything. You cannot look at your police officers to go and have coffee with you, have ice cream with you, go to summer camp with you, do everything, show you everything, teach you. We can't be everywhere for everybody, for everything. At some point, we need a little bit back because you can only take, 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 take. And we've got our elected officials, our politicians, some administrators that just want to sit, keep going and going and going and going. We're going to run out. There's only so much to go. So yep. those in the public, to those that have been flooding our inbox with support, we, we need that. We appreciate that. But go ahead and share that love with your neighbors. Share that love with your friends and your family. Go ahead. Either one. I think that's I, I, that's spot on, man. You know, to, to, to piggyback off that comment, you know, how do we control the media is that the media is in control of the narrative. And that's what's the most dangerous thing that's going on in this country is that they're allowed to say whatever they want to push a certain agenda. Um, I had a conversation with my buddies this week and he's like, man, how come I never see cops doing anything good? It's always them doing bad. I'm like, well, look at your algorithm. The right. only cop that you know and that you're friends with on Instagram or Facebook is me. For, like me, I'm friends with a lot of cops on Facebook. So I get a, a lot of wide variety. I see cops doing good things all the time. I don't follow any of these anti-cop page. I don't follow, I don't follow, uh, what's his name? Uh, the the Sean King or whatever his freaking name is. I don't follow that guy. Like I don't follow any of that negative stuff uh, because that's going to breed that stuff and put it in all of your algorithm. If, if all you watch and listen to is BLM, F the police, Boston police, kill the police, F you pigs. If, if that's all you're following, these these pages who are just against cops, then that's the only perspective you're going to have. Instead of following some of these other pages, instead of following Team South Florida, instead of following guys like big reeking man instead of following guys like uh, you know booking bridges and following guys who are doing absolutely positive things in, in the community then you you actually see that you'll see cops if you follow me and you follow rich you follow cc you'll see us speak out against bad cops so uh and, and and praise the ones that are doing it well you'll see how it's supposed to be done by the way we do it so if you follow it and it's in your algorithm then of course you're going to be adjusted to it you're going to see it happen all the time so that's so my I, take. 
I, I see back to badge six, you put in, uh, I feel like for you, officers were silent because a lot of us get pushed to try to speak out, whether it's good or bad. But yep. at this point, you have to. You have to. Go ahead, see what you got. Hey, man, just, again, almost reiterating what I said a second ago, I think the way you combat the narrative is by being the difference, right? No, right. but, you know, the media, social media, that's in, it's on your TV, it's on your computer, it's in your pocket, it's in your hand, it's in your face, right? So they get to, you can't fight that because we don't have that. But every day when you go out, whether, you, you know, if you support law enforcement, you're in law enforcement, when you go out, you be that change and you show that difference, man. And no matter what, you know, that kid, my wife, for example, my wife is from Philadelphia. She's from a community that is, um, you know, she didn't grow up in the same environment I did loving and respecting and looking up to the police uh extract the, the exact opposite was her story but had a very positive in experience when she was 16 years old and that's why she ended up being a police officer so the way you combat the media is by being the chain you only have that's two more minutes but i want to say miss mba to you and shoot and that's cuz man you said you <laughs> cuz is in the building tonight <laughs> <laughs> not coming on i'm just going to address this and we're done <laughs> media isn't shooting unarmed people via camera focusing on that, addressing leo issues make sure put. what makes sure that the face put is people that are not open-minded when you want to focus on the positive you'll see positive. only focusing on negative you will only see negative all right we've got three minutes because we are not doing what we did last time with these Three hour back to back to back. I'm hey, we need here. to bring Miss NBA on. I'm ready to hear from Cuz. No, you can hear from her on your own page. I need to <laughs> so we got less than three minutes. Each one of you go ahead for a minute. Whatever you got to say last minute on the topic. Hey, go man, ahead, I yield my minute to the man from North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> you got two minutes, Jerry. Right. Give me what you got. All right, man. So I think uh, I think it's important with, with all this stuff going on. There's a lot. Obviously, there, there's a lot of conversation need to be had. There's a there's multiple conversations that have to be had. You know, we can't we can't put this all in one single live. We got to address it in parts. If not, we'll be going three hours like we did last time. So we have to break it up in parts. So in regards to what we discussed tonight, you know, how are kids being taught? You know, are they being taught hatred? Are they are they being taught the same divide? And we we, we covered that. Um, from what you guys brought up, and I think it's important to, that we that we instill not that we don't instill fear in our kids, especially if we have, especially if we can't control that. A lot of times, some of these kids that are older, 18, 19, 20, maybe sixteen years old, they have a mind of their own. So what we have to start, where we have to start instilling that, and not teaching these kids fear is uh, when they're this age, when they're this small, and start you know bringing the truth to them and tell them what's going on. Obviously, you want to teach them about systemic racism and all these other different types of things that may have an impact on it. But at the same time, you don't want to be teaching them to fear the police. You don't want to be teaching them to fear, fear, fear. Not only, like, I don't even want to teach my kids to fear bugs. You know, she's running around here at the beach and she's like afraid of ants. I'm like, we're not raising you to be afraid of bugs. You know, so like fear controls <laughs> people. So I don't want to teach my kids to fear anything except God. That's the only thing I want them to fear. Um, so that's, that's majorly important, but it, it's important that we continue to have these conversations. Um, I'm glad that Rich decides to put these together. Obviously, we'll hopefully we continue to do more, and we'll bring on a bunch of different perspectives, uh, which is which is really rich for conversation. Um, it's very important, man. Like I, I can't express how important it is that we have these conversations. So, Rich, I appreciate you continuing to allow one me to be a guest on this, uh, and allow CC to bring yourself on and give our takes on it, man. That's uh, it, I think it's 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 positive for growth. And at some point, we'll keep continue to bring up more more voices and let other voices be heard and have those hard conversations. 
here on live and on offline. Don't wait to a don't wait for an IG live to have a conversation. Me and Rich and Cornell talk about these issues every single day. So don't wait for these yeah. lives to pop up to have a conversation. So I appreciate it, brother. No, I appreciate you. Well said. There's not nothing I could even say to follow up on that. Uh especially for guys like JDB or those that have questions, want to comment, hit us up with a message on the side. We're happy to yep. answer either one of us. We could share it. If you forget a name or something, we'll forward it. Just want to appreciate. I want to say I appreciate and thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the questions. We're doing this because we feel like there's a need to do it. So that's it. Thanks, guys. Have a good night and be safe. Later, brother.